1: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 673 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined today, my music's gone, I lost all my flow. Joined today, from the Fargo Dome, right next to the stage, David Bray, J.D. Raider, and J.D. took a nap... Yesterday, it looked like he got busted napping right on press row. It was
2: Uh, in between sessions. Everybody needs to calm down. You can clearly see the mat in the background. No wrestling is happening.
1: I know that's not true because Fargo, there is no in between sessions. It's just like from 7 a.m. to about 11 p.m. No, there's little breaks.
2: Little breaks. (laughs) It's from
1: from 7 a.m. on Saturday (laughs) until
0: 11 p.m., the following Friday, there are no breaks. It's consecutive action on twenty-five mats. That's the truth.
1: That's the Fargo schedule I know. In Sorry, life.
2: I needed twenty minutes of sleep and uh, you know an eight-day period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, apology accepted. Okay, I think you've just been spending too much time at that Space Invaders Bar and Grill. No comment. <laughs> How did you find that? Who right, who found that place? I don't know if you who guys have seen. Who do you think seen... found that place? Who yeah. Who do you found... think? You get one guess. Andrew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was Bay. Spay would, but I just don't understand. It's exactly like... Have you guys watched season two, I Think You Should Leave? Yes. It's exactly like that cosmic bar or whatever you went to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyway. Um.
2: Oh, yeah. it was
0: It was like that on the inside, too. It, oh, yeah. It was exactly like that. The inside that.
2: definitely fit the same as the outside.
0: Yeah, it's a place people go to deal with some serious issues, though. So that's, you know,
1: that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, so... Man, you guys are at Fargo. Some crazy junior finals. The Iceman did it again. Cadet Worlds are happening. Uh, Meyer Shapiro, Cadet World Champion. We've got Bo Bassett going for gold today. We've got two young ladies in the semis, um, Freitas and Jimenez, both make it. Uh, give us your thoughts. What what, have, what stuck out to you guys so far? And we also have two
0: going for bronze. Um, I mean, yeah. Team USA, it. it it's a tale of two days, right? After day one, it, we were really squarely in the lead, and it just felt like USA can can and will win this world championship. But here we are again with Russia in first. Um, we did pull ahead of India into second after repechage We're going to have a couple guys going for bronze. So still an outside chance to win it. We need Russia to, to take some Ls, uh, and we need to win. But, um, you know, I mean, it's it just shows – How tough the world is even after punching four to the finals on day one Mm -hmm. and uh so that i mean that's the big takeaway for me there's nomads i see nomads suite up there on the screen
1: yeah so we're we're in the mix we still can technically win but we've got to basically win out and we need a little bit of help from some other countries we have a usa versus russia final with bo bassett bo has a russian so that we can really uh help ourselves with with a win there but man to to me, part of the story is just India and how great they've looked and how many game contenders they've had uh, at the Cadet Worlds. And you know, you can you can if you extend this out, you know, in a couple of years, India has been on. A- Emerging, you know, they've got Deepak Bhunya, they've got Ravi Kumar, they've got Bajrang, they have a host of others. Now you can see this next generation, India, is going to be, you know, potentially a force to be reckoned with on the international stage on the senior level, more than just like a one off guy here or
2: there. I I don't know if I jumped to that uh, just quite yet. India, a lot of times, will invest a lot in their age levels. I know in the past they have, anyways. Sometimes it pans out, sometimes it doesn't. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh,
1: I mean, the same's true for us. Like, if you look at some of our cadet world team members, some of our cadet world champions, um, you know, they're not senior level contenders at all. But um, quite a few filter up through, and you've got the Spencer Lees and the guys like that. So, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it shows. I I, I don't recall um, India being in the mix like this before cadet worlds. Maybe it's happened, but I don't. I I don't recall it.
0: They cadets has has been their strongest age group but i don't know that they've had a team perform quite this well i mean man they had eight wrestle for medals and so far only one has lost they have three going for bronze today so um you know some chances to, to for that medal count to, to drop off of what it sounds like but right now i mean they already have four medals and uh three more opportunities today so i mean yeah it's really strong but um you know i mean yeah I, hats off india's developing these guys young and that's amazing
1: okay i see a golden ticket there i'm distracted i want to talk about it have we given it in any way what's the update uh first of all if you don't know the golden ticket goes to someone who has earned uh an opportunity to wrestle at who's number one and you know fargo is really the kind of the kickoff yet also slash the kind of final stop proving ground for for getting a spot in who's number one so where where are we with who's number one david
0: We've given a few golden tickets away. The first one we gave out was to Anthony Knox at 106 pounds. Um, it was really, that was really fun. We got to break down his finals match. Uh, and so we will be putting that up on the site later, but after we broke down the match, pulled out the golden ticket, he's super pumped. He's in. We got to finalize an opponent for him, but we, we, we got, we know who we want and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, so 106 is going to be Anthony Knox. We gave several away after the Junior Freestyle Finals, and JD got to give those away as I was on the call. Um, you know, Talk
2: through who we gave them to and, and uh, what those guys thought. Yeah, uh, they were pumped. The first one was to Caleb Henson at 152 pounds. He's going to Virginia Tech. The next one, excuse me, would have been...
0: Uh, next one was, was T.J. Stewart at 182. Yeah, T.J.
2: Stewart. He, he was definitely the most fired up. and that that kid is
1: fantastic
2: yes i really Um, like
1: soldano and he 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 you know really took care of business there i mean
0: he he beat soldano where Soldano's good which is big moves throws upper body like you know after the after the match we were talking with his dad and he was saying that the 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 uh coaches from maryland were were a little bit upset with him they're like we told you not to go upper body but it paid off that really set the tone i mean you put Put Saldano down four early, and and uh, that's a tough well, hole to climb he, out of. He did
2: follow part of that game plan very nicely. There was a time or two where he would get in to a shot, and Soldano would grab double overs and kind of try and, you know, hike him up and pull him up and go double overs, and Stewart just backed out immediately, let go of the leg, cleared the position, do I want a double. No yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that was, that was awesome, and it was really cool to give that golden ticket away T.J. Stewart coming into the weekend was ranked ninth in a in a group at 182 that's that's almost all in that class of 2022, only one in that class of 2021. So just a super solid core, and they've all taken turns beating each other. Saldano had the last win over T.J. Stewart. So for him to get that win and get it in that context and to navigate that tough of a bracket, it was it was a no-brainer. It,
2: and it was a tough bracket, and I'll be the first to admit, I didn't uh, pick him. I had him all american not uh, even in the finals. And he came over after the match, said, put some respect on my name and here in my respect. And he's going to get to prove to the nation that earned their, all their respect, possibly be the number one pound, not pound for pound, but at 182 pounds.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was awesome. And I guess, you know, backing up to Caleb Henson, Caleb Henson's final was one of the craziest matches of the entire finals. Is the
2: only one that ended on criteria?
0: Ah, uh, good, good question. No, Josh Barr, Aiden Riggins was also criteria, right. but um J- jordan that, williams that, i
2: think was technically it was 5-4 because jordan the williams challenge. was you like, know was challenge. what i mean
0: yeah
2: yeah Don't yeah
1: get cute
0: but but henson caleb henson and danny wask was was an amazing match danny wask national prep champ but unranked coming in he just hadn't hit some of the some of the opponents to get in the top 20 but he he looked amazing he beat eric gibson in the semis and, I mean, nearly nearly took out Caleb Henson in the finals. So, uh, it, that was dicey. We didn't know if we were giving out a golden ticket in that one or not. And, <laughs> uh, and we, we got to, which was really cool. Who else you give one to?
2: Dylan Fishback at 195 pounds. Whoa. 195, um, in my opinion, was uh, probably the toughest second bracket. Maybe 126. 195, you could have argued. But an incredibly tough bracket. He navigated it very nicely. An NC State. Commit and uh, he he looked great. Beat shoemate who's going to Ohio State, uh, also an Ohio guy uh, who's won Fargo in the past. I, I mean, yeah, it's an inter-
1: interesting one for for me as a recruit because you see that the talent is ridiculous. Um, but you know, I, I was surprised to see him lose that match. He had a, a kind of a scare in his in his semi uh, where he was up nine zero and. Kind of kind of some weird tactics there. So Shoemates could be an interesting one to follow. I think he could be really, really good, but there's also some other things that make me sort of wonder what he's gonna be able to do transitioning to the next level.
0: I think Shoemate, I mean he's like a lot of a lot of kids where there are there are two versions of the kid and they're only a couple degrees off, but those couple degrees make all the difference in the world because when we've seen Shoemate all the way locked in you know, you think about Iron Man final against Nick Feldman and the way that he wrestled through adversity there yeah. and just like got it done. And that's been a couple years ago by now. But like you see that version, and then and then you see you know other versions where it just slips a little, and then all of a sudden it's a, you know his matches are very different. So you're right; he's going to be an interesting one to follow. Consistency at this level is is really rare, though. I think it's really really hard to achieve. Um, and he had some of his best performances early, and so then his expectations are super high. I think he's going to get that back, but but you're right. Well, we'll have to wait and see with him.
1: So give give us a sense of uh, opponents for some of these guys. Who, who are we thinking? Um, or maybe who's on the short list, I guess we could say.
0: Well, with with Anthony Knox, and well, there's one more, too. We also gave out uh, a golden ticket to Christian Carroll. We can't forget about him. That's right. Uh, that guy, absolute beast. He was Super 32 champ at 195, now up at 220. He beat the 220 Super 32 champ,
1: Yo.
2: Bennett
0: Tabor. He beat the Super 32 finalist, Noah Pettigrew. Christian Carroll's like reaching freak status. Yes, okay. and then Ben Keeter in the finals, he just, you know, went ahead and murdered him. It's, it's Carroll. Is it going to be Carroll versus Feldman? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Feldman's going up. Feldman's going to heavyweight. So oh. I, think, I think, you know, I, the match I would love to see at heavyweight is Big Jim Mullen. And Nick Feldman, I, that's, that's a match I think uh, people are going to want to see. That's a, a guy who's been incredibly consistent in Feldman. He wrestles everywhere, wrestles a national schedule all the time, doesn't lose. And Big Jim, who we just saw in the Cadet World Finals. So that's a match that, that I think will be a lot of fun. 220, don't worry, we got a match. Christian Carroll, Gavin Nelson mm-hmm. is the one we want to make. And uh, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun.
1: Man. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. Okay, give it. Give us TJ Stewart. Who would his opponent potentially be?
0: 182, one eighty two. One eighty two is incredibly deep, and I think that's a way where we may think about a four man bracket uh, because because we've seen so much incredible action. Jack waymeyer right now. Once the seniors come out, will be the the number one guy. He's got the last win over TJ Stewart. He is a guy who has. If there's, a, if there's an award for most improved over the last high school season, it's probably Jack Waymeyer He was not ranked at the beginning of the year, and they just beat everybody. He's got wins over Stewart, Saldano, all those guys. Mm. Um, so I, I think we want him in there. I think Saldano probably gets back in, and then figuring out that fourth spot will take some doing because there are a lot of guys right there. And so want to look at some results. Also, some potential weight changes could impact that. But um, but that's a, that's a weight where I think now, a four-man makes a lot of uh, sense.
2: Saldano... Those, Saldano and Stewart had wrestled previously, and I think Saldano got the last two, correct?
0: He for sure got the last one, and I, th- I believe you're right that he got the last two. Leading up
2: um, to this match. So I, I don't know if you want to say that's an upset, but definitely a reverse of past results there in that final.
0: Yeah, Saldano did uh, yeah he did get the last two. He beat TJ Stewart uh, so both a rivalry at... Brewing. Yeah. yeah, he's beat him a couple times this year. So But okay, yeah, man. that I mean that'll be fun. And then and then for Caleb Henson at 152, we've got a couple options. Um, you know, maybe Levi Haynes depends on what weight he's gonna go. That'll be a, a really fun match that I would love to see. Uh, that was you know that that you know, that would be let's see. Let me sorry, I'm looking at a at a note here. Um you know, that would be, yeah, but that Levi Haynes match would be awesome. Levi Haynes maybe maybe going up, though, so we'll have to figure out
2: what's up with him. At 195 um, for Fishback. Rylan Rogers, possibly. I know. Mm. He was in this bracket. He actually took third, took a loss to uh, Franklin on the front side, but did avenge that loss on the back side when he came back for third.
0: Yeah. 95 is going to be where you have to, you know, make a decision there because – after, after Rylan, you know, it's either, it's probably going to be either Rylan Rogers or, or Shoemate or the guys, you know, the, the guys that are going to have to decide between second and third. Um, yeah. Rogers was ahead of Shoemate in the last rankings and, and based on the results of Fargo, it's, I don't know that anything's necessarily going to change there. So we'll see. And then, and then at 106, I think the match to make. At 106, we've got a Cadet World finalist, Luke Lilladol. I think mm. I would love to see that match between him and Anthony Knox. He's a so, scrapper. 100%. Not going to stop. <laughs> he goes hard. He goes super hard. He was so he was so close in the finals. And, uh, I mean, it was his pace that, that got him over the hump against Russia in the first round. And, uh, I mean, he's, that kid's a beast.
1: I like him a lot. He's, he's really tough. I mean, him versus Knox. Now, Folk style is going to be an added dynamic because I've – We've seen so much of Luke and, and really Knox when I first got introduced to him was was on the – that was a freestyle match on the Burroughs card. And then, of course, he looked great here in freestyle. I've watched other matches of him. Um, so I'm excited to see these guys folk style games. For sure. Knox is, is very also good at
0: folk style. He was fourth at Super 32 as an eighth grader in the high school division. Mm. And, um, you know, he's he's on the level in folk style too. Lilidal very good as well.
1: Yes. Uh, okay. So that's uh, interesting. Some other, other thoughts. Nick Buzakis, he goes down. What's it going to mean for his ranking? How are you going to handle that from a rankings perspective considering his resume is pretty pristine? And when's his last actual like non-slam loss?
2: <laughs> it, it's it's been. I mean, I don't I,
1: count slam losses. That's, I know that's it's the,
2: just fu- it's just funny the way you put that. It was yeah. it
0: was um. I, you know what? It was it might have been it might have been Obama era. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's it's been it's been a long long time. Buzakas doesn't lose very often. Uh, no, I you know the last one I can think of probably Crookham a like couple years ago, three years ago. Uh, he just he doesn't lose. He's not going to fall far. The other thing that that probably helps him ranking wise, one thirty two is it's a it's a jumbled mess nasir bailey who won wasn't in the top 20 he's he's got some really good wins but sometimes takes some losses and he's been in a lot of matches we talked about him yesterday yeah. as, as a guy you know that's that's great but ha- you know hasn't had that consistency now he's your super 32 champ isagari is going to climb a lot but i don't know Targo. how far what's that cargo champ what what's that
2: Said he's a Super 32. Sorry, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's a Fargo champ. I didn't even hear, I don't even know what I was saying. Yes, he's a, he's a Fargo champ, and uh, you know, but we'll see. So, 32 is a mess. I, I'm gonna need some time to figure that one out.
2: Mr. really actually called his shot. If we can pull up this tweet, uh, he said, On July 14th, I'm ready to have the biggest upset of the tournament. Always told me to speak what you believe, and it will come true. Double up.
1: Dang. So he won, and I guess uh, he'll be going Greco as well if he wants to double up. Uh, mm-hmm. Illinois loves loves uh, loves Fargo. They love they go both styles. Are great at great at both.
0: Hey, Illinois, good on Illinois talking Nasir Bailey into wrestling for them. He actually, I mean, he lives in Texas now, um, trains in Texas. But the great nation of oh, Texas.
2: Yes, come name. and take
0: it. Come and take it, which is on the singlet. Uh, <laughs> they, but but you know for. Bailey to represent Illinois, like that's huge for them. Could have could have been could have been wearing the come and take it, but instead he
1: where does uh, he, he go to high school?
0: I, I'm not I can't remember the high school. Let me let me look it up really quick. I know he trains with like Tegan Jameson and uh, and, those, in, and, um, like and those and um and like Plano or whatever. I'll, yeah, Plano West, but I don't think he goes to Plano
2: West. Hold on. Illinois did get back on top. Uh, junior, not back on top. Uh, I say that after they lost cadets, but their fourth straight junior freestyle title.
0: Yeah. So Nasser Bailey goes to Arlington Martin High
1: School. Got so, it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um. So my next question is, what about Jesse Mendez? What does this mean for him? Who's obviously he's not wrestling far. He'll be at Junior Worlds. Does the, it? Does anything impact his potential? Who's number one opponent?
0: Man, we got to figure that out. It's it, there's some interesting ideas. Uh, the guy that that would be kind of next in line at 138, Casey Swiderski, was in the finals yesterday. He lost to Tegan Jameson, but jameson is gonna be at the University of Minnesota in the fall, so he's not you know he's not in high school anymore. Um, Swiderski's the next guy up at 138. I'm curious to see what we you know where Meyer Shapiro is gonna factor mm-hmm. into all this stuff. He there's a couple there are a couple guys ahead of him at 145. I wonder you know I wonder what he what he's thinking thirty eight forty five um it would be i think interesting to see where he stacks up after we look at all the results and and a match between him and and either mendez or or Chittum, I think would be very very interesting uh so I don't know but that yeah that's that's one that's been the question of you know what's gonna happen with Buzakis and mendez is one that's that's uh Keeping me up at night a
1: little bit and last night. Just
2: think if we could have seen Cody Chido in this 145-pound bracket here,
1: would have loved he's, it. Yeah, is he still gonna be down at that 145? We think? I think he
0: is. I think so he's got his eyes on 65 kilos, so he wants to stay in that striking range and and be at 45. So um, that's that. Those are some of the puzzle pieces we got to put together. That 32, 38, 45 range is is really. It's it's tricky right now, and I think that we're gonna end up seeing some incredible matchups out of that group. We just still have
1: to spend a little
0: bit of time figuring it out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm excited for who's number one in uh in Dallas, Texas this year, Yeehaw. Me too. Just hey, to I got a piece. question.
0: I got a okay. I got a question for you guys. Nasir Bailey said he was gonna pull the biggest upset of the tournament. Unbelievable that he knocked off Buzakis. Maybe that is the biggest upset of the
1: tournament. Wait, well be- what about He's not who beat Buzakis. Wait, he wait, wait. Who did,
0: sorry, he beat Isagiri. Isagiri. No, you're right. Isagiri beat Buzakis. So he won the bracket he, with Buzakis. He won the bracket it? with Buzakis. I don't know that I would call that the biggest upset of the tournament. Maybe it's, maybe it's Isagiri. I think the biggest upset of the tournament happened at 285. Ben Kaczynski over Chase Horn. Hey, AWA, Asking Wrestling Academy, baby. They got a champ. That's, that was a crazy, crazy match. I thought he was and from
1: Michigan. He's from Wisconsin. He's Wisconsin. from Wisconsin. Oh wow, that's quite a America's Dairyland. <laughs> I mean he's
0: he's committed to he's committed to Wisconsin lacrosse Division three, or is that right lacrosse? Yep. Yes.
2: Uh, I, I was talking to Ben um, about him yesterday. He said like no D one offers even hardly Super on the radar. Had a couple you know national level ranked wins, but had never won anything super big. And then he comes out, takes out the number one kid in the nation and Chase Horn.
0: And not just a win, like super dominant. Oh yeah, he put on
1: it crazy. Yeah, what? So how does that happen? I mean, what is that? Did, is he gonna reopen his commitment potentially, or is it? I, don't think so. it I think so. I think, I think he will be. Uh,
0: he will be hearing that recommendation from probably some Division One coaches. I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. We'll see.
2: I don't know. I don't know exactly how the Division Three process works they can't give out athletic scholarships so it's not like he signed anything i don't think uh that locks him in there for at least a year okay. yeah i
0: yeah i have a feeling um lacrosse is, is doing everything they can to to re-recruit him now like stay with us uh so I, I i'll see that kid that kid man crazy upset
1: yeah it wasn't it was not super competitive really he. He just looked better. He looked super athletic. He's big. It's kind of surprising that you know heavyweight's sort of a weird weight where it's like you know it's actually been tons of movement at the top. It's surprising that someone that clearly has the ability has has not been able to you know be a, a factor in the rankings on a consistent basis. Yeah, they just hadn't, hadn't had those wins yet, and there there are kids like that who they. You know, compete
0: in a more local schedule, and mm-hmm. they're good, but they don't—they just don't get on the at those just events. Just hitting
2: this peak, yeah.
0: So he's yeah. been on the radar. He had a really good junior duels performance. Um, his big win there was was Ryan Borsma of Illinois. So he's been on the radar. He just just hadn't been in that top twenty yet. Big and, man uh, Ryan Borzma. Yeah, big man Ryan Borsma. Ryan Borzma mm-hmm. is about uh, six four. Yeah, he's about a size of two people.
2: Oh, he's <laughs> definitely a couple of me. Couple JDs, that's for darn sure. <laughs> a two okay.
0: day, that's a 2JD man.
2: Uh, I was able to stand next to him. He can't confirm he's tall. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No, Nomad's
1: not there, so we need someone else <laughs> to stand next to these kids so we know what. Way I'm on the
2: ground go. standing next to kids. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's That's, that's what my job duty here in Florida. I Fargo. forget who that was. And and either, I think it
1: was people. either Brody Teske or Alex Thompson or someone, someone like that. And uh, oh, man, I wish I could remember. He'll probably text me later. But um, anyway, <laughs> uh, should we transition to – what What should we talk about next? I mean, we kind of hit a little who's number one. We hit some of the finals. I mean, we I alluded to Jordan Williams. But let's talk a little bit more about this guy. He's a now a three-time Fargo champ, correct? And to think
2: three-time about – Three-time Fargo, that, Super 32 champ, couple-time Oklahoma State champ. He's basically won it all.
1: He's won it all. Winning Fargo three times. when literally, you couldn't win last year because of a global pandemic. Three is a lot. And he's not a senior yet. Wow! Wow! Jake Ayala we...
2: won... Jake Iolo won his third, but he's already graduated. Jordan says one more year of high school.
1: What are we? Gonna do? Is Jordan going to be in who's number one again? Is he on? He didn't get a golden ticket. He didn't get a golden
0: ticket. 40, 45 is a wait where we have to figure out how to how to compare a world title from Meyer Shapiro and a Fargo title from Jordan Williams. And I just wanted a little more time to, to look that over, um, Shapiro. I mean, Mike Mal talked to the federations, the, you know, people connected to the federations in Russia and Iran and asked around like, who's your best, what's the best kid they're sending? What weight both those countries said 65 kilos. Consensus is 65 kilos was the deepest weight class in the world. Yeah. Myra Shapiro
2: didn't give a rip,
0: ran it down. He didn't give a rip. He won it. Problem is, he, he doesn't have the the domestic wins that Williams does. Williams has, like JD said, he's won just about everything. So comparing that, figuring what to do there is is kind of the, the, the reason that we didn't do a golden ticket. But we're certainly thinking about it. He he has wrestled Chittam in the past. There was a tech for Chittam That was a freestyle match, though. This would be folk style. So that could change some things. Um, you know, we'll see.
2: You know, it's hilarious. In his post-match interview, Williams said, I didn't want to score with too much time on the clock. <laughs> Give him an opportunity. It's like, well, Jordan, you scored with about one and a half, one second to go on the clock. so That's plenty of time, time for, for him.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, Jordan is the classic, all right, he's down late, so let me not – let him duck me in the last second or get the last thing. Let me get on this leg here. And then he still ices you. He still figures out a way. He gets the crotch lift.
2: Well, here's how, why I think that happens. Jordan Williams can out-wrestle just about anybody in any position because his feel and his technique is so good. So when he forces himself into those wrestling positions, which oftentimes he has to do uh, when he's down late in matches, he's going to out-wrestle just about anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he's he's super good there. Now, okay, what about? I mean, you're Mr. Foreman with. Uh, I think you were saying 182. What about a Foreman at 45 with Chitum, Williams, Shapiro, and I don't know, maybe Garvin. I mean, I, hey, I think we should do a man at every weight. But you know, we'll see, I mean, maybe <laughs> that's
0: that 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 would be it. Would be a a foreman to consider. I mean, that would be, be a lot of fun for sure. I that that weight is. So fun. Jackson Arrington also incredible. He, he I, I didn't even see how he ended up finishing. I need to look back at the brackets, but he um wrestles an insane pace. He'd be great to have in that group as well. Uh, Williams really put it on him here in, in freestyle, but it was it was one of those freestyle matches, get to the turn and then just over and over and then it's over. But um I'd be fun. I hey, I'd be you know, we should talk about that, consider that for sure. I would I would love to see that group get after mm-hmm. it.
1: Just saying, look into it. Uh, we'll look into it. It's funny you mentioned, like, you know, Russia and uh, all the nations said their their best guy was 65. I think our best, the best guy we sent was a 65. With maybe, um, you know, Bo's a little tougher to evaluate because, well, may, maybe. Just because he just smashes everyone domestically so badly, it's sort of tough to know. It's like how he actually stacks up. We also him. haven't He's seen on so the
2: high school scene yet. Right. Really.
1: Because he's nine and just, uh, he's, well, just he's, a, he's a freak <laughs> he's,
0: he's he's beat some some really good high school kids he's you know he's definitely on the level he's he's got like dominant wins over uh, three or four guys in the 106 rankings Bo bassett if you know on, on, if he was here
1: on the high school level he'd been he would been just fine. He he's one where you know who's number one's a high school event, but with guys like him, it's you almost want to be like, man, should we make an exception and let this guy enter the uh, enter the conversation? But you know, fortunately, at 106, we've got Anthony Knox and and you know, Luke, we're gonna be super game there uh, if if we can get that match together. So exciting stuff. With that, um, do we want to talk. A little more Fargo Finals. Anything else you, you that's on top of mind? Let's see, uh, man.
0: Josh Barr, Aiden Riggins. What did you think about that? Those guys were in like one of the craziest matches at Cadet Trials, and their match in Fargo was was similar. I mean, it was really tight late. Those it's, and it's going to be a fun match every time because Riggins is never going to stop shooting. It's just he doesn't know how. He hasn't learned that yet, and uh, and and Josh Barr is so he creates so many threats defensively that it's gonna they're gonna get in that position that that single leg chest wrap position and then like it's just dicey from there. So I thought one sixty was really fun, and I love I love watching both those guys.
2: That was the result from Cadet Trials. Cadet Trials Riggins won Fargo Finals Bar. Yeah,
0: well, that was the one at Cadet Trials. It was a little controversial. I don't. I don't remember exactly the position that got reviewed, but that was the one where uh, Paul Donahoe like reared back with the with the oh, challenge. Yeah. Bring and Andy, Andy, Andy Hamilton got the got the photo of it. I wish we had it on on screen, but uh, man, that was a great shot. He actually hit Riggins in the leg with
1: the with the cue, but like you know, tight spiral. It was nice. Give but, us a give us a um, maybe a recruiting rundown. Who's some of the bigger names now that are unavailable? Um, or that are available. Excuse me, that maybe haven't made their commitments yet. That you think are really going to shoot up the big boards.
0: Um, so I, I'm, you know, I haven't looked at the the whole list. Braden Davis looked great. There, that one thirteen bracket was really deep. And JD, did you you picked him to win? I did. JD made that pick. Um, but Got a baby. But it was it was a weight that could have a lot of different guys could have won, and I think um, I think a lot of people are going to look at Braden Davis a little bit differently than they did before. He was a finalist at Super 32, but lost to Vinny Kilkery in the finals, and uh, so now getting that getting that Fargo stop sign in a bracket that included Kilkery, included a lot of really tough guys. Brayden Davis, people are going to be excited about him. Um, who else? Well, I mean Jordan Williams. Yeah. There were maybe a few. Que- he was not not ever a, a recruit under the radar, but he was committed to Oklahoma State last year, then decommitted, and had some posts that he was going through some you know some personal struggles and trying to figure some things out. Appears to have done that and is very very locked in. So I think the. Any questions that there maybe were about Jordan Williams are, are going to be answered for a lot of people. So he's yeah. not, it was never a, a low stock guy, but his stock, I think, has is, is climbed even
2: higher. TJ Stewart is a guy, somehow, so he won Fargo, he's won Fargo before, but his stock still increased for me. Uh, like I said, I didn't pick him to win, but he came out and won a bracket like that. Anytime you do that, he's definitely going to be an issue. And he's actually put out a school list. Uh, his top five were Penn State, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Navy. And then I think Who maybe actually this again? It's, it's T.J. Stewart. Stewart.
1: Okay, wow.
2: And I think actually maybe he said um, NC State might have crept in in his post match, and we have to go back and rewatch um, and see. He said one school. Uh, I think it was NC State might have crept in there, uh, but yeah, he, he, and he said I think he wants to go 197. Um, in college, possibly, he was talking about, you know, moving up and getting ready for college as well. So, he's definitely a guy, if you're a fan of any of those schools, start watching and start pulling for him. Yeah, a, lo- a lot yeah, of great options on that list.
0: He has, so, like like you mentioned, JD, he won Fargo previously, but two seasons ago, he was pulling a decent amount of weight uh, for, for Blair to be in that lineup, and didn't have a great national preps performance. Took took some losses throughout that season, and so he actually was out of the top twenty for a little bit, and then he steadily has climbed throughout the year, and and was sitting at that nine spot. And, and you know, you think ninth in the country that's super solid, but now he's going to jump way up. And and yeah, you're you're one hundred percent right that that his stock rose and at the right time because. He's in the throes of the recruiting process now. Yep. He's already been going to be a junior. Going to be a junior. He's been talking to. Well, he's TJ Stewart is going to be. Um, he's going to be a senior. He he finished his junior year, so he's going to be a senior. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. And um and so he's he's at the point where he can really start thinking seriously about a commitment. And so he's going to be hearing, I think, now not just that schools are interested, but a little bit maybe maybe the offers are going to be a little bit better than they would have been. Had he taken
1: third or fourth at this event, great. Uh, I, I think we, we'd be uh remiss not to mention Drake Ayala, his performance. I think, pretty obviously, the best guy in the building. I don't know who won OW, probably, Drake. Here, ho- hopefully, him. He did, but man, he did. is he he's just on, on another level. Cannot wait to see what you think of the progressions that, that lightweights make in that room and how good he's going to get. Um, I I cannot so wait we to watch his career.
2: Hypothetical, he has to go right away next season. How do we think he does?
1: Uh I think he places year one. I really do. I think he's I think he's an all-American type of guy by March. I bet you know, it depends on the schedule, right? But I think he would take some losses there. I think he could get on the podium. 125 is going to be really tough next year though. I I I believe, you know, I think you and you've got Courtney's back, Vito Glory back or now or I you could say re-entered the mix. Um, you know, there's always there's always a rumor about Dayton going down to 125. We'll see. I think that's silly. I I mean I just I think that's just so much weight for him to cut. Um, but that rumor still just seems to be pervasive. Um, yeah, I think he was right there to win 133. So I don't know if it makes sense for him to go down, but uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough week. But I think by that time March rolls around, he's just got such consistent offense. I love his tank. I think he's got the I – th- I think he'll be okay on the mat in terms of able to get it away. I don't think he's going to be able to ride guys, which is going to be probably the biggest adjustments. like you're going to really have to win a lot on your feet. But the good thing that – he has to compensate for that. He's got an unreal gas tank, right? He's not going to get tired. He's going to be able to go that seven minutes. So I think he's going to be good. Maybe I'm putting the cart a little before the horse. Uh, but if he has to go and if they use him, I think I think he'll do great. Although I don't think that's going to be the case.
2: Yes. Hypothetical situation.
1: I agree that's not going to be the case. But, he, I mean,
0: yeah, this, his tournament, like sometimes when somebody's as dominant as Drake Ayala is, you, you lose sight of how deep that bracket is and how tough that, the guys that are that he beat. That was my to watch. I yes. thought that was the
2: toughest bracket. Yes,
0: and, and it's, but just after the fact, you're like, oh, Ayala killed everyone, so it's was just Ayala. I mean, that was not... I, everybody probably would have picked Ayala to win, but the perception was not like he's going to walk Man, through not this everybody. bracket. A lot of
2: people were picking Peterson. Yeah,
0: people were picking Dean mm-hmm. Peterson. I mean, the guy that, that beat Dean Peterson, Vincent Robinson, he is... He's no joke. He beat also Nico Provo. Vincent Robinson, his match with Drake Ayala was, was not a contest. Like, no. and he was a
2: little
0: banged up by that point. But still, Ayala just imposed his will, and it was crazy. I, Ayala's bracket was so, so loaded.
2: And the, these weren't even, like, uh, crazy 20 to 10 techs. These were, like, 10-0s. 12-2, 10-0s yeah.
0: <laughs> and quick. 52 seconds in the finals. I mean,
1: Wild.
2: My man yeah. barely even broke a sweat. Yeah.
1: He literally was not sweating at the end of his final. <laughs> there was no no perspiration to be found. Uh, okay, so did want to mention that because sometimes with these tournaments, when a guy just walks through and it's sort of a foregone conclusion, you forget to mention it. But definitely worth mentioning what Drake Ayala has done and continues to do. Okay, um, we were kind of giving a, a little recruiting update. Um you know, uh, Isaguiri, what is he on you know what what do we think and he's, he's looking for for college? I don't know
0: for sure. Na- natural assumption would be that you know he's probably gonna he's gonna think about Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, that's a Arizona State has a nice connection with with those valiant prep guys. They, a lot of them train at Thoroughbred, and, and a lot of the – I mean, that's where a lot of the RTC guys train as well, Arizona State. So that would be a natural fit. Um, I, just because he's from Arizona, a lot of Arizona guys end up either in the state of Arizona or in the state of Colorado or California. So th- those would be – I mean, those kinds of schools would be the ones that I would, that I would think about. But uh, his stock, definitely, definitely up. After Fargo, got um, he's got another year. The work that Arizona did is is incredible. Yeah. I t- 16U and junior. In 16U and juniors, I talked to I talked to Eric Larkin before the finals last night, and he told me that all seven All-Americans for Team Arizona are from Valley Prep. Dang, that's insane! That's insane. That's like, legit. What what kind of program has seven All-Americans in Arizona?
1: Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um pretty incredible job. Okay. I think we you know did this. Who's stock
2: increased? Uh that's not a wrestler. Illinois. Um the college, not not the state, but two Fargo <laughs> champs in the junior um, a Christian Carroll, cannon Webster.
0: Yeah, the when yeah, when you said whose stock went up, the, my one of my first thoughts was Cannon Webster because he's committed. Um you know, I don't and I, he's a guy that I think is very committed to Illinois. He really wants to be there. He was well, the first guy one just to commit.
2: Sophomore year, Craig. Yep. So very early uh, commitments from those two guys, and just verbals at this point.
0: Yeah, a Webster at cadet trials. You s- he was in a super close match with Mason Gibson, and, and you know it was like, all right, this guy is really, really good. But getting over the hump and winning a big tournament like this is, is huge for him.
1: So he's the one that Zane, sure. Zane Richards was cornering, right? Yes, I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is really tough. I, that was a crazy match he had with Mason. Now that now that you mention it. Um, yeah,
0: that match so fun.
1: Yes. So yeah, Coach Poeta, gotta be super pumped after this, but gotta keep the pressure on. Keep those guys coming to Champagne. All right. Why don't we? So what? Hey, do you guys know what time uh, Cadet Cadet World's final start? Is that 11 Central? I, b- I believe the
0: semis start at 10 Central, uh, fo- followed by the finals at at 11 Central. That's what it was yesterday. Are you looking at the schedule right yeah, now, JD? Yeah, that sounds
1: right. That sounds right
0: okay yeah. why don't we we've got we've got junior uh, junior women's semis
1: about to kick off in three minutes if anybody wants to pull up two screens get it going get a couple screens going I won't we'll try not to cut too much into junior uh, junior semifinals there but we'll get to some questions but first we got a, a, a very famous shout out For Gable Stevenson. Kyle Grover's tried to play this several times already. He can't wait. I think he's just watching it. He's tired of listening to us, our producer Kyle. He's just been listening to Ric Flair. So we're gonna play (laughs) this. Listen to this (laughs) shout out from the Nature Boy. Ass man! You're coming back! Gable? God dang it, kick some ass man! You're coming back with a gold medal! Coming to the WWE! Woo! Look at as old as you can look. Next time I see you, it'll be Liberty riding and jet flying, Gable Stevenson. Woo! The Olympic gold medals, heavyweight champion of the world. Bring him my friend. We'll all be watching. Knock him dead. My best to you and your Olympic teammates. Go, USA! Woo! Go, Gable Stevenson, My
2: man. Remember, Gable, to be the man. Woo! You gotta beat the man.
0: Right now, you are the man.
2: Woo!
1: There it is, the Nature Boy. He shot that on his razor. Woo! Oh, I appreciate. It. Oh, look at look at JD, the Nature Boy JD Raider. They love they love wrestling in Jewel Iowa. You know it.
2: That's right.
0: Rick Rickford lost me a little bit at the end with the Be the man. You gotta beat the man, and you are the man. Uh, yeah. But other than that, so beat love yourself. The shout out.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, love, love, love and, r- and, uh, Ray, Rick, and the
2: WWE Flair. thing. I want to give the maybe stick around a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just chill out, Rick. Uh, did Chelsea? I I think this was maybe just a misly placed word, but Minnesota put out Minnesota Wrestling put out an Instagram post talking about the uh, however many best former Minnesota heavyweights. And Gable was included in Ooh. that post. I don't, I don't think they um, broke any news there. I think that was just a I maybe, bow. yeah, this place word, but just a yeah. So I, I think, noticed. I think, uh,
1: who do you think the two best are? I'm curious what you think. I have a very strong conviction on who the two best uh, Minnesota heavyweights so We could pull that um, tweet in potentially. For and me, that, it's for me, it's Gable and. Conrad. Boom. Yes. It is that. I think I really think Gable no I mean we know he beats Tony. Um Brock, I think at his own time was, was fantastic, obviously, but I think I think that's no issue. I mean the level of tech technical prowess that Gable... Cole Conrad was so bad. I mean this guy was just huge and could move and upper body. I could see him giving some positional issues. For all I know, Gable ten is this dude, but I think it's Cole versus Gable, and I think it'd have been uh, an amazing match to see. Yeah, for sure. You know, you think about the, you think about um,
0: Rock Lesnar, and he he was a uh, he was really good, but take him from NCA, put him in an international style, and and I don't see Lesnar making a team. I mean, you had. You had Kerry McCoy in the way, you had Stephen Neal in the way. He always had trouble with Stephen Neal, and and um, you know Bert, Cole Conrad didn't didn't make a team either, but uh, you know it was he was a junior junior world team member back when like got, you know a lot of guys weren't doing that. I think Cole Conrad. I, I don't know. I think I think Conrad Lesnar would be really interesting, but I but I do think I do think Cole Conrad is better. I agree with you there.
1: Yeah, yeah, Okie doke. Um. Let's get to some questions from friends, then we'll we'll get the heck on out of here. Okay, from Old School Wrestling Clips, who is everyone, who is everyone at FRL's favorite athlete who isn't a wrestler or combat sport athlete? Pac-Man jumps. <laughs> oh my gosh. Really? <laughs> Pac-Man?
2: Is it really? Are you just being funny and ironic, JD? Uh, yeah, maybe not. Uh, he's definitely my favorite person to uh, follow. You know okay. all the stuff he gets into. We'll explain. The dude loves getting in fights at strip clubs. <laughs> Much like you. <laughs> yes.
1: Hey listen if he's just getting in fights in strip clubs that's actually an improvement compared to some other things he's done at strip clubs. The,
2: yeah, yes that is like true. Like
1: ordering murders. That would be like one of the things he's uh, <laughs> been involved with. Uh, hey. That. The man, the man is, not, the team is not team content. Listen, I'm glad Bracky's not here because he might try to two-piece me right now. But Bracky, you're in West Virginia. You can come get it right now. But I'm saying <laughs> Pac-Man Jones, he ordered a hit, and then he played in the league like 10 years after that. That is <laughs> that is like, I mean, legend I guess that is legend status. Him and Ray Lewis, um, truly two, so, <laughs> two of the baddest to ever do it and then pl- have a career allegedly. afterwards allegedly it's all alleged it's all alleged who knows what happened to those suits anyways yeah Pac-Man Jones great I'm, I'm sure it was down to Pac-Man and OJ for, for J.D. Raider <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: for me it's a two way tie between John Cruck and Kurt Rambis but, uh, <laughs> but, but actually for real and this is tough this is tough for me because it, it's Nolan Arenado. <laughs> hey hold on
1: he he Bracky just hit me on. He said all caps. Pacman Jones did nothing wrong. It is all a legend. <laughs> Thank you, Bracky. Uh,
0: sorry. Go ahead. For, hey, for me, it's, it's it's Nolan Arenado for real. Ouch. But but it's sad. It's so sad. It's like the saddest thing. The guy is like, he is he is he plays baseball like with that wrestling mentality. He's insane at third base, and it's like the ultimate competitor in every situation. But. The Rockies made a historically terrible trade. And now he's gone. And now he's in the St. Louis Cardinals. And now he's getting standing ovations every time he comes back to Coors Field. And it's it's really sad. It's just I the saw worst. that
1: at the All-Star game. That was so sad. The, the incredible ovation he got at Coors Field. I was like, if I was a Rockies fan, I'd be too devastated to clap. It would just make me so sad. Um, trading yeah. a generational talent tal- away for a couple of $5 foot It's the
0: worst mismatch in the history of... The world.
1: The planet Earth. It's, planet it's Earth. horrible. Wow. It's terrible. Um, my favorite athlete, without a doubt, is Cal Ripken Jr. He is like, if we had, if the Piles family had a crest somewhere, Cal Ripken Jr. would probably be involved. That's how revered he is uh, in the Piles family. Just just the man. I mean, I, I don't think I need to explain what Cal Ripken did or, or what he was about, but Went to work every day, 2,000 and some odd games, I think it was 2,600. Just uh, a
2: hard, hard hat and a lunch bucket pail type this of guy. This is a lunch
1: pail guy. <laughs> lunch pail, big lunch pail guy, played short, played third, hit for power from, uh, from shortstop, which is pretty rare. Um, he did it all. He did it all with class. Great Oriole, great Oriole. And uh, obviously my whole family's Orioles fans. So, yeah, he's up there. Who's, who's your favorite Oriole this year? <laughs> the guy, I don't even know his name. The guy at the home run derby who got second.
0: How many, how many Orioles, how many Orioles team members do you think most Orioles fans could name
1: right now? Uh, my dad could name them. My dad could name them. That's probably Just my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my my grandmother, may she rest in peace. She would know them all too. She watched every game uh, before she passed away even the terrible Orioles that's TV.
2: a lot of that's a lot of TV time 162 games we're talking three plus hours oh yeah the game
1: well she she had she had a lot of time on her hands um <laughs> so it was it was no problem my son figures out a way it's it's ridiculous um okay so yeah him or uh, it would my second choice would be David Robinson for sure if I had to go to a different sport He was in the Navy, and my dad was in the Navy, and he was on the Spurs. He's just a nice guy, super jacked, uh, like super shredded, uh, seven footer, lefty, great center. Okay. Also, shout Uh. out
2: Secretariat.
1: (laughs) Shout out Secretariat. (laughs) Shout out to the Lions. I I want to shout out the Darkness. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) and and it's really when you're trying to decide between those Lions, that's when it
1: gets tough. That's when it gets tough because they both have an extreme body count. Uh, Actually, actually, you can have the lions from the Ghosts in the Darkness. I'm gonna have the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park that killed Muldoon the hunter guy. Yeah. They're gonna be tough to contend with.
0: Yeah, they could I mean listen, talk about dinosaurs that could both talk a mean game and back it up.
2: (laughs) They didn't just talk the talk, they walked the walk. (laughs) They truly walked the walk.
0: (laughs) They did (laughs) 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 did. They didn't just screech loudly. They actually also killed people yes. and devoured their
1: bodies. Yeah. They eat – they – you know, but they did – you know, one thing that hurts the Velociraptor case for greatest athlete of all time is the fact that the 8-year-old the and 10-year-old brother and sister outsmarted them in the kitchen with some spoons and hiding in drawers. So yes. –
0: well listen, this isn't this isn't no ACT. We're talking about pure <laughs> athleticism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Pure athletes of Velociraptors the best of them all. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this is to anyone that puts horses on lists with the best athletes. Listen, we've got a we've got a team full of Velociraptors ready to shred those horses into pieces. Um, so take that athleticism. All right. Um, hard to hard to hard to find a, a smooth transition. So we'll just find a, a just a terrible one. Um, your entire life savings is at stake. The betting line is set at two and a half gold medals for USA men's freestyle at the Olympics. You taking the over or the under? I reject the premise because I would never make a twenty one
0: hundred dollar bet. That's too much. <laughs> the stakes are too high. Um, Dang! I no. I man. I think I would take the over. It's, it, I, don't like, I don't like that my life savings is on the line, but, but I, I'm picking Gable, I'm picking Dake, and I'm picking David Taylor.
2: I might go, I, I am picking those three as well. But odds-wise, it might be safer to play the under.
0: Think about what's on the
1: line. It's your life savings. That's true. JD's JD is 19 years old. If he has a life savings beyond I think his life saving is now just that motorcycle he bought.
2: Uh no, uh, I'm saving up for a used jet ski as well. <laughs> so um
1: uh, Prio that's, that, that's what's on that's Are you
2: what's gonna... on the line here is a used ski do. Um <laughs> I think I go under. I'm, Listen. I'm picking I'm picking over but I think if I if I was putting the wow. jet ski on the line, I would go under. Then you're Do
1: you de- even love America. Then you're broke either way.
2: You know what? You lost. You lose the bet. Then, um, America loses, or no? Then America wins. Then it's all good. Who cares? I yeah. still want that jet ski. But
0: I, I then bet- just bet the over. <laughs> you got America winning and the jet
2: ski. <laughs> yeah, but if I bet the over and it doesn't hit, America loses and I lose the jet ski.
1: Okay. That is a dark day.
2: So I'm, I'm like hedging, I'm <laughs> hedging myself. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I got you. Well, yeah, but to JD's point, to
1: actually bring some actual uh, discussion to it, like what is the percentage chance that
2: you would give David to okay, win? Okay, like David is very high, but like Dake? 75%. It, for Dake to win?
1: No, no, no. Oh,
2: David. David.
1: I even think that's probably high.
0: I mean, there's just so many things that can happen. I know.
2: I, I have an injury, you know, even.
0: I mean, even, even, I think even saying 50, 51% is, is a, that's a super high. If you're talking about percentage of the, like, David versus the field.
2: It's like, yes, you pick David against this guy. You pick David against this guy. You pick David, you would pick David straight up against any guy in the field, but. Putting those matches together, all of them, and nothing happening, not slipping up, getting pinned, getting hurt, anything like that, um, for a whole tournament, an Olympic tournament, it, it lowers the odds.
1: It do. Um, so okay, if you say, I mean, I say David's probably uh, of the pie. He's like sixty to seventy percent. Maybe that's way yes, too high. Um, but I agree. Dake is not even 50-50 because you've got really three big dogs there, right? You've got Sitikoff, who is maybe the Vegas favorite. He's not the favorite in my eyes. But, you know, if it's, like, 40-40-20 between Sitikoff, Dake, and Chimizo. And then you've got Gable, who I think charitably is, you know, 35%, like maybe 40%, even though he's my pick as well. So I think statistically... You you may want to go with the under, but I'm going to ride with the United States of America and my life savings of twenty two hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> that's 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 a steep bet, but I I'm with you. I I just I, I think it's it's really going to be a hard it's going to be a hard accomplishment. That's that's the thing. Like if we pull it off, it's going to be an unbelievable, unprecedented year for Team USA. But
1: but um.
2: Olympic gold medals is unheard of and you know what
1: yeah how about this how about this All talk about those three Kyle Snyder's got a shot guys. Yes, we can't stop. We can't pretend this guy isn't hasn't done what he's done He's not 45 years old. The guy's like 25. He's a 2016 Olympic champ at this weight He's the only guy walking around that's beat the man Okay, Ric Flair So, be the man, you got to beat the man. And Kyle Snyder beat the man. So, he's the man. He's the man. So, even if it's a 25% chance that Kyle wins, that factors in. So, it's like, I don't, it doesn't have to be those three, right? It could be, you know, a different combination. So, now I'm really talking myself into it. JD is not going to get a jet ski. I'm going to buy the jet ski. And maybe I'll invite him to the lake that I don't have. Maybe I won't. I don't know, but it'll be my choice. Maybe I'll just ride with my my friends who root for
2: America.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to decide now, do you want to invite somebody that's not a patriot to the lake? That's the question.
2: I am nothing if I am not a GD patriot. You're probably going (laughs) to
0: let a troop quarter in your house. (laughs) Yeah, never.
2: I know my amendment rights.
0: (laughs) JD's JD's got a sign out that says, peacetime, troops quarter here. No, no.
2: Come and quarter this. Wow. All
1: right, so they're not going to quarter in JD's house. But yeah, Kyle is definitely a forgotten component in this discussion for three Olympic golds. Um,
2: Now, uh, what about over all medals? um, Let's set it at three and a half, four and a half? Three and a half or four and a half would be the line there.
1: Four and a half is crazy because that's to bet the over, you're saying we get five medals in five
2: weights. Oh yes, sorry, sorry, three and a half.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's three and a half, and I think the over is basically for just medals. Is you're still kind of hoping for almost a perfect performance for to get four medals. Something's
2: just invariably going to go wrong, right? Um, and the random draw that some of these guys are going to have brings it in to play too. Yeah, because it's it, not a. Sometimes you don't get a wrestle back for <laughs> bronze on your own. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, not- when you guys when you guys last week were talking about those death brackets, it was uh, it was literally stressing me out. I was like, "Oh no, what if that what if that happens? What if that happens? Yeah, like some of these draws could be just torturous."
1: Yeah. Well, it'll be a party in Tokyo if we get we can bring home those golds. I, I won't be allowed to party with anyone because we have to avoid the entire populace when we get there. It's basically There's a lot gonna of
2: people be- in Tokyo.
1: <laughs> I know it's gonna be tough. Yeah, don't so you have to go
0: straight to your room? Everybody's going to be partying in their rooms on Zoom or something.
1: Oh yeah, we're going to have some crazy Zoom parties. We're going to order Uber Eats every night. It's it's man, it, I'm telling you what, just if I get into the country, I'm an Olympic champion because it is <laughs> Andy especially Andy Ham. Andy has uh been been super helpful. Get getting in is not going to be easy. We're both going. We have to Oh, you guys don't even know this. I'm breaking breaking FRL news. I'm not going to be on I'm not going to be around at all next week because I have to You don't go. even want to be around? I do want to be. I don't want to be around anymore. No, I'm not Carl Havoking. I, I want to be around, but I can't because listen to the rules. Listen to the Tokyo rules. I have to have two negative COVID tests within 96 and 72 hours of my departure for Tokyo. And then when I get to Tokyo, I'll be tested like three or four days in a row, which is fine. But. The testing sites are the closest one. I live in the capital of the great nation of Texas there's none in this area they're all in Houston and I have to get two so I have to basically be in Houston Monday and Tuesday
2: you can't Not get thinking, in Austin?
1: there's no te- listen to this listen to the testing site let's see these couple of little fun stats. The great state of Texas has four testing centers in the entire that are approved by Tokyo. Guam, yeah, well, approved
2: by Tokyo. So you can drive down the street and see 20 testing sites. I know.
1: Approved by Tokyo. Guam has five approved testing centers. Hawaii has eight. Texas has four. The closest is in Houston. So I'm gonna go to Houston. I'm gonna stay there Monday. And I'm gonna stay there Tuesday, and I'm gonna leave Wednesday with my tests and my negative tests. Um knock on wood. Actually, I'm going to go to a place where they guarantee the negative test. That way, there's no, there's no danger there. Um, so, I'm not going to be able to be on the show. I, I hope to do some call-ins, and then I leave. I fly out on Thursday to Tokyo. So, um, kind of a crazy week. I'm going to miss the off-site as well. I was supposed to, you know... Do a presentation Idiot. and all that. Ha. I know. Well, about me. I love the offsites. Offsites are my favorite, and I'm not gonna be there, and they're always really fun. So, you guys have fun on my behalf while I'm in Houston. So yeah, Tokyo's gonna be totally. Uh, it's gonna happen though. I, yesterday's the first day, I believe. Like I'm really, we're Andy and I are. We're gonna get in. We're gonna make it. It's gonna be great. So, at least that's happening. We'll try to chronicle it some, some of it, um, as best we can. Okay. The Chronicles of Houston. Chronicles of well, I'm not gonna chronicle that because that's gonna be boring. Um, But Tokyo could be exciting. All right, Fr at FRL is the best. Wow, Uh, that's a good way to get your question asked. What's the flavor of the month for techniques that you are seeing a lot of at Fargo and Cadet Worlds? At Fargo,
0: one of the turns that I've I've noticed not not just at Fargo but a little bit more this year is is on top. A turn where when someone's going for a lace and the bottom person tries to defend by bring by pulling the knees apart and bringing that kind of that heel up to the butt. There's that lock through the they lock that heel and lock around that other leg through the crotch and they go for a turn from that. I haven't seen that a ton until this year. And at Fargo, we saw people hitting it successfully quite a bit. That was that was one that I one turn that I've noticed.
2: Yeah, I've seen you success to a little bit. The gut wrench where you actually hook on, like, the arm or the bicep or the tricep and then lock on your own arm and roll through instead of just your standard gut wrench lock like this if you're watching, not listening. The, the so one TF like used Sam to hit that Sam right? does? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, Sam has it. He hits it nice. He kind of, like, uh, he almost tilts it. He doesn't, like, roll it through like a traditional gut. He just kind of gets the little tip tips of over for the exposure and brings it brings back. It's kind of interesting because – the way he hits it and the way I've seen it hit, it's like you are able to really easily kind of expose and then bring him back to a defensible position almost easier than a, than a gut wrench where you're like rolling through and kind of have to do it over again. But I would say short, short offense is like um, that's something you're seeing a ton of. Guys that really strong go behind, reattack stuff. Um, And parterre always sort of sticks out. You're seeing a a ton of turns on top and a lot of time
2: on top. With the short offense stuff, I, I could be wrong in saying this, but I feel like that's something we've seen increase at the high school level because of the increase of the level of wrestling at the high school level. Short offense doesn't seem like an advanced technique, but it's a technique that works at the highest levels. You know, a lot of times in high school, it's more shot uh, sprawl mm-hmm. than not not quick, nice, clean. Go behind immediately, get into the angles, um, stuff like that. But as these high school kids are better, getting better and better, and training more and more with. Uh, upper-level wrestlers, I think that's something that has improved uh, quite a bit at high school level.
0: I agree. There was a time where when guys would get into that that front head position, it was going to be a stalemate most of the time. And, And now, yeah, you're seeing guys so quick on the direction changes. And you're also seeing, especially like younger high school level, I don't remember seeing as often just hard, hard snaps to set that up. And that used to be a technique that I would, you know, see more in Part college. Snaps,
2: not necessarily clubs. Not yeah, clubs. yeah,
0: but just, I mean, the snaps, snaps to a go-behind. Uh, that's, guys are getting way better at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the Cadet World team. full Bassett, great short offense. Meyer Shapiro, really good. Jess aroga he might have some of the best go-behind reattacks on that team. I mean, his are, are filthy. Um, I'm sure there's others I'm missing, but you just see a ton of that short offense stuff. It's really... Really impressive. Um, all right. With some a- Olympic athletes already testing positive for COVID and being replaced with alternate athletes, gymnastics, what's USA Wrestling's alternate plan? Who are the alternates who are traveling who may be able to step in if needed? I don't think we have a. Like a, Like Burroughs is not in Tokyo. He's not going to be there to. Um, you know, I know Aaron Brooks is David's training partner, so I think he's there. Um, I don't know if Vito's in Tokyo or not. I don't know if you guys That's know. That's
2: one thing we didn't mention when uh, we talked about what could happen that could prevent somebody from winning a medal.
1: Yeah, COVID, for sure. They're going to get tested like crazy. Now, I'm sure they're keeping a really tight bubble, and but, you know, these the the, de- the tests aren't 100% accurate, you know, so you can have false positive or you can just get it. There's a lot of different ways you can get the get the dang thing, so hopeful that these guys have made it this far you know they made it to tokyo they're getting tested all the time they had to get tested before they went so hopefully they can just that's got to be such a nerve-wracking out of your control component for for these guys and gals just like that wondering every single time like literally this test holds my dreams uh, in, in, in the balance so hopefully not yeah okay um, but I don't know what the plan is. i I don't think we have a lot of backups there. I think we've got training partners there, but um, no one that I think is is ready to step in or not many. Okay, well, with that, I think uh, I think we should let you guys get back to your to your Fargo duties. We'll be back tomorrow for sure. Ben will be back tomorrow, he says. He I'll be claims. in the studio. Oh JD's flying back. Are you flying back, David? Nope, I'm I'm sticking it out. I'm all the way through
0: heading back Saturday. He- oh, heading wow. to heading back via automobile on Saturday.
1: That's right. Deuce, you're missing all of VBS, man. Destination dig.
0: Yeah, you know, no no destination dig. Uh, I did I did hear I mean I saw some videos of those games that were going on, and uh, I mean they're getting they're getting pretty complicated with, with some of that stuff. we are you doing? Carrying a bunch of Carrying a bunch of knickknacks around?
1: Yeah, n- knickknacks. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working with the kindergartners and pre-K group. It's uh, it's quite it's it's quite an experience, David. You're missing out. What's it n-
0: What's it like What's it like teaching a pre-K kid how to play knickknack paddy-whack?
1: Um Well, b- basically, I have been assigned um, one one young man. He is my quest to to keep him doing great. So that's, that's my full focus. So you're in like parole officer duty with this guy. <laughs> well, he's like five, but yeah. Um, you know, just, just trying to keep the peace, but you know, we're, we're just getting through it. It's a lot of fun next year. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tear up VBS. We'll make JD come. He'll teach a,
2: he'll teach a water
1: safety, <laughs> water safety course for, for these youngsters. Alright, that's it. Play the song. We're ready to go. Thanks so much for listening. Fargo continues forever. It will never end. David will be there. He lives there now. JD's coming back. He's got golden tickets. tickets. Cadet Worlds are happening. The Olympics start so, so, so soon. Cannot wait for that. Can't wait for tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you Thursday. Goodbye.